Starting Up with Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8. Uh, this is starting up with Virtue Zone. Uh, we do this each and every Thursday, one through till two, along with the team from Virtue Zone. Talking of they, the chairman is in the house. He's in the chair, no less. Neil Petch is back with us uh, after a couple of weeks. Great to see uh, Mr P back in the hot seat. Uh, and all well at uh, HQ at the moment? All extremely well. Just spent a little bit of time in the hospital, which is a wonderful seg to our first guest. Nice little synergy into uh, our first guest, our success spotlight coming your way in a few moments time but uh, good to see uh, that team virtue zone uh, have been holding the fort and of course it's been busy times what are we two weeks in now neil since the uh, the corporate tax announcement etc i know you guys have been uh, leading from the front on that one Listen, Lots of interest. I, I go away tom and four robots <laughs> replace me so so it just gets busier and busier we had the tax gpt uh, uh, robot of course or ai uh, bot down uh, to virtues we haven't got a, a chairman uh, GBT yet have we apparently they couldn't find someone with enough dad jokes to become the chairman <laughs> yet so they're still trying to train that in, in, into the AI and the next thing I'm expecting is that actually some of our customers might be robots as well at that point I'm going to be really worried but it's, it's booming it's the office is just crazy busy isn't it just uh, well all the best it's, it's sort of in, indicative of what's going on in the country at the moment uh, as is, of course, as Mr P was saying there, uh, the boom in healthcare at the moment. Today we're meeting one of the most influential women in the region's healthcare industry. She runs hospitals across the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Egypt and Yemen. And she believes there should be more women in her field. It is, of course, the CEO of the Saudi German Hospital Group. Yep, you've certainly heard them. If you haven't visited them, that's for sure. Dr. Reem Osman. Reem, always lovely to see you. Thanks for Thank thanks you. for joining us. Thank you. Uh, it's really great to be sharing the room, sharing um, the airways with a multi-award winning leader. I mean... I was just talking to you off air about the sort yeah. of growth of the group at the moment, the SGH group. It is a brand that has become synonymous with the region. Um, has that always been part of your mantra to, to, to grow, to expand the brand across the region under your leadership? Uh, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Actually, the group, Saudi German Hospital Group, is 30 years old group in the region, started in Saudi Arabia, and they were pioneers when it comes to expansion across the, the Middle East in the region. So from Saudi Arabia to United Arab Emirates, to Yemen, to Cairo, to the new projects now for Casablanca, for Pakistan. Uh, it's, a, it's a big group with always that passions to reach more and more countries and more regions. And always starting with the new cities, having its own challenges, which will give us more experience. All of us, all of us across the way. Each country, each city, it has really its own dynamics. So when you are opening a new business, whether healthcare or any other industry, you learn a lot um, by the, di <coughs> the dynamics, mm. the demographics, the, the, the economic situations, the healthcare, the diseases that the people having. Also, yes, there is unified, but there is always changes uh, year to year and city to city. And this is a lot give us, giving us a lot of experience. And that's why also a lot of passion to expand more, to go to more countries, to help more people. And healthcare is always continuous a process of teaching and giving services. Dr. Reem, can I step in? So, you know, 
companies have lots of different challenges. Yeah. In Europe at the moment, a lot yeah. of companies are facing pressure. Here, mm. generally speaking, it's perhaps growth pains. So you're expanding your, your empire, mm. let's call it that. Give us your, your top three. You know, one of the things when you're expanding is that your customers, their loyalty, they're standing as ambassadors, and everyone has a good and a bad doctor story, yes. right? So how does Saudi German go about building its, its customer loyalty so that they're out there saying, hey, you guys need to be using them before all the other ones? It's a 24-7 job. Always people ask me when you disconnect, when you'll take a break. Us all in the healthcare management, it's a 24-7 job, really. Because you have customer 24-7 and customer in pain 24-7. And you have emergencies that you might receive any time of the day or night. So simply, if you want to be successful in the job and you want to maintain the customer loyalty, it's about the caring, caring about the customers. Mm -hmm. Doctors, as I said, staff in general, they come and go. So also quality audit and the check and training and education for the staff in the medical or the non-medical, it should be continuous. And I told them always experience for in a competitive markets like UAE, like all the Gulf, it's booming the business people from inside the country and external also investors they want and they want open to keep you up and running day and night because there is competition there and your customers I always tell them it's a hospitality with diseases so they want to expect five-star service when it comes to medical and non-medical part they don't accept uh, other than that in both parties okay. so you have quality audit for all uh, continuous education. Uh, you have to be always vocal about our vision, our mission, what the, what the message we want to deliver to our patients. If our staff will not believe in it, mainly the, they can deliver the message to the patients. Every staff in the hospital is ambassador of the brand, not only me, sure. not the chairman, not the doctor. I tell them even the uh, staff nurse, the assistant nurse, she will come, she have to make sure her patients is really satisfied and, and well taken care of medically and non-medically. So Dr. Reem, Tom and I, Brits, we're used to having to go to the GP, wait uh, 63 days for an appointment, <laughs> yeah. and then finally he gets us to see a specialist. In Dubai, yeah. we're a little bit spoilt. We can go straight yes. to a specialist. But one of the competitive pressures that mm. perhaps your industry is facing is that increasingly you can use an aggregator. You can go and find the best gastroenterologist in the world and speak to them on a Zoom uh, uh, call. Yeah. So how yeah. are you dealing with, with technology and, and thus people being able to have a lower cost base against you and perhaps say that they're offering even more expert and speedier advice? Technology can't compete with healthcare. <laughs> I have, I always said that during, okay, during COVID, it was mandated because the situation, people, they can't come, they want, you know, physical uh, contacts like that. But when, with the country, when you are in the Gulf area, I'll have an example. It's an open country. Everyone wants to come. You can bring this best gastroenterologist worldwide. He wants to come and live and work here. You come to the patient. We tried that many times before. Telehealth, like that. We tried that many modules. The patient always wants the traditional. If I will not say always, I will say most of the time. They want the traditional way of dealing because why because it's not only about you know it's your health care you are really the most you are in, really worried about it so always in healthcare, care this is there is this a humanitarian touch you want to feel it you want to feel your doctor he's not only
me your doctor. He's your psychologist. He's after why some of my patients with their doctor, they will know they're even personal matters. They are traveling tomorrow or after tomorrow. I can't do the surgery now. I have this graduation of my son. I'm having a fight with in the house. So it's affecting my blood pressure, you know. Okay, many of the chronic medication uh, med- uh, diseases because of also many yeah. other issues. So it cannot, but it can complete. It cannot compete it. It can complete it. So we have, mas- for example, you will have that even you do it locally. You don't need to meet your doctor sometimes for refilling your medication. Okay, for elderly patients, why to come and bother to come to the hospital to refill your hypertension or chronic medication. You don't need to come to the hospital to check your uh, lab tests and results for uh, and radiology. It, you so can check it. Case, it yes, uh, case by case cases. and it's completing it. And also maybe visiting professors sometimes for second opinion like that with the main doctor in the hospital and the visiting professor online so we can give more trust to the patient. So it's, yeah, it's completing, not completing. Uh, right. Reem, you're a, you're a leader. Um, you're an inspiration, a mentor as well to, to, to so many uh, female uh, leaders or aspiring leaders out there. You're a leader in what is commonly known, and I always hate using this phrase of male-dominated fields and male-dominated mm. industries, but you are, and you're a leading voice in that field. And we know that there are a number of brilliant females working in the healthcare industry. Are there enough in leadership roles? And if not, why not? Still can be more in healthcare management. There is when it comes to healthcare because we have so many female nurses, so many doctors yeah. also. So yeah, you will see the balance. We have good uh, uh, presence of women. When it comes to the managerial uh, positions, actually in the last ten years, yeah, when I was here as a CEO first, I think I was like first or second yeah. only. And then I noticed that there is so many others coming and taking the the leadership role in government or private sector, which was something was something very good for us. But still, I think it can have more in all the subspecialty. Uh, you have the finance, you don't have CFO females a lot. IT, also you don't have CIO females, maybe HR, HR females, the presence in equality. Yes, they are. Medical management also still. I think in the subspecialty here, also not, non, not necessarily to look immediately to the CEO position or COO position or like that. But there is many other, the subspecialty marketing you will see. So this is in the managerial, I think, depending on what specialty the female will like. Mm. So you don't see a lot of IT people, female or uh, like that but you'll see them a lot in marketing you'll see them a lot in equality and the, in operation also you'll see a lot but I, I like always um, what, what we like to do is internal promotion yeah. if, if you want to ask me how I encourage them how I, I like especially in healthcare management really it's better to come from inside the house because they they know already the processes how it's going on mm. if they have the opportunity to promote themselves like for example in the nursing field it's 95 percent internal promotion mm-hmm. all my nursing leaders are developed are are trained internally and promoted internally mm-hmm. something like that doctors head of department all of that whenever there is managerial if i'll spot any staff who has the potential as female actually will give them uh, special attention so they can grow up even if they left us later on which is i think we all know that but it's fine we're almost out of time but i just want to uh-huh. ask you for one little piece of advice if i May because we've only really scratched the surface but for young women out there listening in aspiring to leadership roles be it in healthcare or otherwise what's your one piece of advice to them 
um, focus on yourself hmm. and don't look at yourself as a woman or a man. Hmm. I'm good enough. I'll be good for the job. And really, that's only what it should be in our mind. It's, um, and I always like that for me as a CEO and I'm sure any other CEO in the world. I don't care female or male or like that. I care only you are good for the job. You will take it. That's it. We congratulate you on all of your achievements. <laughs> Thank you today. very much. We congratulate the Saudi German Hospital Group on all their achievements. Thank uh, you. More hospitals in the it's pipeline. Teamwork. Yes, of course. Always. Casablanca project coming soon. Alexandria opening. We are now opening our new specialized hospitals in Dubai. Yeah. Uh, Women and Children Hospital, Orthopedic and Rehab Hospital. They are all with SGH Dubai General Hospital, and we are opening Better G Medical City. All of them will be under Better G Medical City. The right. Private, the first private healthcare city in Dubai. I hope they have a I'm piano so in the lobby of the Casablanca. <laughs> right? They will indeed, yeah. When you walk through that door, right? Uh, Dr. Remus Smith, the thank CEO you. of the Saudi German Hospital Group. Uh, we, can't, we can't thank you enough. Thanks so much indeed. Thank for you your very time. much. Always nice. Huge to see thanks you. to you, C. Reem, this, uh, this afternoon. Live here on Dubai, I want a 3.8, starting up with Virtue Zone continues. This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Business set up with no regrets. On Dubai I 103.8. Welcome back to Starting Up with Virtue Zone. Tom and Neil in the hot seat for you this afternoon. But remember uh, that if you don't get the answers for all your questions in this hour, uh, then feel free to reach out to the Virtue Zone team who are online and digitally answering your questions, AI or otherwise, um, all uh, 24-7 throughout the week. Uh, just get in touch with Virtue Zone. Uh, reach out to them through their social media platforms and hashtag be your own boss. Let's talk about an issue that all small and medium businesses grapple with, cash flow. Um, while SMEs are the lifeblood of the economy here, uh, globally, the bare and honest truth is that most of them fail. One of the main reasons being cash flow. So we're going to talk about SME banking a bit later on. In fact, the DG uh, of the UA Banks Federation has literally just walked into the green room and will be joining us shortly. But right now, we are featuring a startup that aims to fix the problem of cash flow and ensure that companies manage their finances properly and cash isn't tied up somewhere uh, that is inaccessible. Joined by uh, the founder who made it to the Forbes 30 under 30 list in 2021 uh, and was named an Endeavour Entrepreneur in 2022. He's had a good couple of years, that's for sure. Uh, he's the co-founder and the chief executive officer of PayMob. A warm welcome to Islam Shauki. Islam, thanks so much indeed for being with us. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on board. Okay, like you need to convince Neil and I, but just for the benefit of our listeners and viewers out there, give us the old 30-second elevator pitch on PayMob. So basically what we do is that we build the infrastructure to enable businesses, most specifically SMBs, to accept digital transactions and give them better access to financial services. So actually what how PayMob was built is that we were not on, actually we're in the payments business by complete coincidence. We were building as SMB. We tried to onboard merchants online and tried to sell, connect them with influencers. And then when we went to banks, this was in Egypt, we realize that there is no infrastructure to power these kinds of new business models that are right for the internet. So, so Islam, top three financial services you provide to your customers? So we provide them acceptance. So we give them the ability to accept money online, in-store, and using something called soft posts. We had them pay their bills. We had them do payroll payments. And then in partnership with other financial institutions, we give them access to credit, which is a huge issue that has been like crippling the growth of any SMB actually across the region. 
You've recently partnered um, with Virtue Zone. Yeah. Um, and the two parties are facing <laughs> off against each other, both <laughs> dressed in black today. Yeah. They're going head to head. Stronger here. together. Exactly. Uh, it's a collaboration that's expected to support literally thousands of SMEs in the region. You're here to tell us about it more with a bit of an official announcement. What is it all about? So definitely. So when, when you look at Virtue Zone's I mean, the most successful PRO in the country. They have a huge base of merchants or of companies. They help most of them are SMBs that want to enter the market. On the other side, we are trying to power those SMBs with ways to improve their cash flow and to help them grow. So what we're doing now is that we're joining forces so that we can empower every virtue zone company that is there or any new one that's coming with tools to help them better manage their uh, uh, cash and actually go digital and accept digital uh, payment methods. So let's talk about credit, uh, yeah. Islam. So, you know, so many businesses don't even begin asking to get credit because they're just fed up with mm. being rejected, fed up with yes. being asked for more information, more forms and not being told why they're not being given it. So what is your USP that enables you to do that faster and more smoothly? It is data because the way we look at it is that payments is the start of the relationship with an SMB. So when you start with payments, you start looking at the financial, you start understanding the cash flow, the transactions, the sizes, the seasonality. All of this data, when you present it in a way to a financial institution, it's actually de-risks this kind of relationship when it comes to credit. The problem with financial institutions is that they work on payments with big players they mm -hmm. don't power smbs however smbs are the ones who are in need for credit so there is a data piece that is missing however through payments we think this is the missing piece of the puzzle that when we connect payments data with financial institutions they will be able to uh, actually extend credit in a much faster way and in a much reasonable uh, So crisis. Islam, you, you say SMB. Now this yeah. SMB, SME is such an oft-used term. Yes. We're at Virtue Zone always trying to solve the pain point of our customer. We were talking earlier about the growth, the, the problems of, of growth. Mm, and yes. obviously expansion is, is one. And when you know that the market's out there, but you just don't have the cash flow to make it exactly, uh, exactly. Uh, uh, happen. So how how are you, how are we to convince like, i i want loads of people to be listening to this going i'm going to contact these guys yes. now i'm going to fill in my information and i feel more likely that i'm going to get something faster so what what three points are you going to say is going to make it more likely that it happens faster so first of all our mission is to grow the mission this is how we position ourselves and we empower them by never missing a transaction. So how do we do this? So we go to any SMB and tell them, if you're only accepting cash or wire transfers, then you're only only constraining yourself to people who have the cash right now. However, if you start accepting credit cards, then your target segment increases. If you start accepting remote payments by a payment link, people don't need to come to your store or to your premise. They, you can actually increase your TAM by expanding your uh, geographies that you're serving. Once you tap into what we call alternative payment methods, like buy now, pay later, for instance, you start actually selling the high value products. You start becoming more affordable. Even if you're selling something that a high ticket item, people can install on four months or maybe more. So the more and more payment methods or funding sources that we avail to uh, the SMB, the more the probability that they're going to sell this product and the more growth that they're going to have. 
So you're going up against some big players, the network internationals of, of this world. How do you go about showing people that it's an incredibly secure environment so that they feel safe doing these transactions? Definitely. So, I mean, any payments company, they have to adhere with like bank-grade security uh, certification. So this is something that definitely any payments company in our size has to uh, has to go through and definitely given the bank's relation the banks need to make sure that the people that they are integrating with the companies are actually secure so we adhere to the highest grade uh, security when it comes to uh, payments and actually in our last uh, funding round which we concluded uh, in may we're actually now we're the, the only payments company in the middle east that paypal uh, ventures uh, invested in so this is a big for us is a big stamp of validation to the tech again and it because this is something we're very passionate about whoever is going to solve the problems of the regions are going to be people that are living here and and working on these uh, problems so i feel that companies like us working together hand in hand on powering and making smb's life easier i think these are the companies who are going to thrive and grow in this market how they say, and they still, and it's still, you still hear this phrase here that, you know, this market is unique in many ways, and one thing that's unique about it is cash is still king here as well. Okay, that might be the same, but given the fact that the world and we are moving to that cashless society, it, it, again, how does how does Paymob sort of solve that issue at the moment by being, and are you seeing that 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 sort of drive towards going purely digital at the moment? Again, I to be honest, when we speak with SMBs, nobody cares about digitization and and cashless. People wants to grow. Anything that's common across any anyone who's selling a good or a service is they want to make more revenue. Mm. So if you're selling them something that will help them actually sell more, this is something that they are willing to listen to. When you explain to them that you're not coming after like getting two three percent of the revenue, you're trying to increase their volumes processing using those new payment methods and then you're going to charge them for it they start saying aha you're going to increase and grow my volumes you're not just coming to take a percentage of what i make and when people realize this you see a big traction so we started like from 2020 we had at the beginning of 2020 we had 1000 merchants that we serve now paymob serves almost close to 200,000 wow. smbs from egypt pakistan UAE. Is there a global play here? Global play for uh, Paymob. So for us, the way we see it is that Egypt was what the beginning is the pilot for the region and the region is the pilot for the world. So this is how we look at it, but definitely want to be one step at a time. So pay now, mob now, pay glob before you know it. <laughs> <That's right>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, love what you did there. Too. Nice. <laughs> Listen, we're out of time on this occasion, uh, but I uh, can't thank you enough for coming on in and explaining a little bit more about. Well, congratulations, both of you, on the collaboration. Thank, thank, you. thank you, Islam. Thank you. It's a beautiful thank collaboration, so uh, Islam. Thank you very much. Just before you go, if people want to find out more about Paymob, yeah, you can visit uh, uh, our website and uh, sign up, and definitely you can go to a Virtue Zone and you'll see. Uh, a landing page and we have a special offer for all virtue zone uh, customers we are waiving any set of fees any account fees just 
a pay as you go model in order to increase the numbers. We are into <laughs> uh, an SME banking 101. I can feel it now uh, because we have just set the scene. Uh, big thanks to Islam for joining us. Thank but uh, coming up in a few moments time, uh, waiting patiently in the wings, the director general of the UAE Banks Federation answering your questions next. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Business setup with no regrets. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Welcome back to starting up with Virtue Zone as we dive straight. So it, 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 there is no rest for the wicked in this studio, I tell you. There we are. Extra hour, Tom. We've got too many questions for our next guest. There I was checking the the, the, the the Premier League fixtures, which have just come out, and 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 then we're back into it all of a sudden. Um, that's the voice of Mr. Neil Petch over there. He's the chairman of Virtue Zone uh, as we gear up into the second half hour of our weekly show, starting up with Virtue Zone. Right. Um, we have been talking about the big news this morning. Uh, in fact, here on the station already, Business Breakfast this morning. Uh, and we're going to continue that conversation here as well about interest rate hikes here uh, in recent times, but also levelling out uh, for the coming month. The US Federal Reserve left interest rates unchanged. But... They did single signal new projections that borrowing costs may still need to rise by as much as half of a percentage point by the end of this year. As a result, uh, the UA Central Bank uh, kept its benchmark borrowing rate at 5.15. That's 5.15%. Depending on who you talk to, you'll get a different reading of these numbers. But our question today is how will this affect the ability of small and medium businesses in the UAE to take out loans for from banks. Is that a concern, and a, 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 a present concern that you hear a lot from clients? Well, look, I think there's, there's a combination of factors here as ever. Firstly, a lot of business owners actually have unleveraged value in their properties. So their property has perhaps doubled in, in value and they can use that to help grow their business. So how we're enabling people to do that, how we're communicating that, is one of the things that VirtuZone tries to do. But at the same time, you've got the interest, the money to service your mortgage going up whilst inflation is, is going up. That's a global situation. Mm-hmm. So the two things contradict one another. And so, you know, what it is, confidence, probably most important thing, Tom, and, you know, belief that your partners are going to deliver for you throughout. Rates uh, remaining unchanged. They have been held uh, for uh, after the latest uh, meeting uh, of the UAE Central Bank. Um, so how does that affect you and your business? Let's find out. The Director General of the UAE Banks Federation has been kind enough to answer our emergency call. This last half hour is an SME Banking 101. It's a warm welcome to the show to the DG of the UAE Banks Fed, Mr Jamal Salah. Jamal, always lovely to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tom. Um, Let's get your interpretation first and foremost. Latest developments from the UAE Central Bank. Is it good or is it bad for SMEs here? Well, at least it's uh, not changing. Uh, the concern would have been if rates were to go up further. Uh, but holding them still, at least you'll be doing what you were doing uh, the last few months. I mean, this is Economics 101. You know, rates are either low or high. When they are high, they are good for the investor, for the depositor, not good for the borrower. When they are low, they are good for the uh, borrower, not good for the investor. So you need to reach that break-even point, uh, which suits both. 
um, what we have been living over the, the, the past many years was the abnormal mm. environment with rates near zero. I mean, that will then allow borrowing to happen left, right, and center, which will lead to inflation and so forth. So probably some sort of control of rates to control both uh, uh, borrowing as well as inflation mm. is required. SMEs often report that they find difficulties in securing loans from banks. In fact, we speak to SMEs on a weekly basis, don't we, Neil? And one of the, the uh, one of the concerns, or one of the big difficulties they say they face is securing loans. Just want to get your sort of reaction to that. Do you see that as a concern as well? It's definitely more difficult for an SME to avail a loan than um, a corporate mm. or maybe even an individual for a very simple reason that SMEs are usually startups or have not been in the line of business for long enough. When you are a loan officer at a bank, your responsibility is to lend, ensuring the re repayability of that loan that you will extend. Mm. And you're actually accountable for, you know, for that. So what happens is that if you have a company that has been in business for you know, 20, 30 years or so with proven track and so forth, proven financials and what have you, then the, that repayability uh, will most likely happen as agreed. Mm. If you are an individual with a job and a profession within an age uh, bracket that you will most likely continue to work and repay on a monthly basis, then there's a high degree of repayability of the personal loan that you will avail. Mm. But if you talk about a startup or a, an SME that has been in business for a year or two, uh, the odds are very high that things may not turn out to be as bright as forecasted for that entity. So therefore, a bank or a loan officer will be a bit um, uh, hesitant, a bit uh, uh, maybe demanding in getting more information uh, about you know, the owners, the, what we call the UBO, the ultimate beneficial ownership, uh, financials, uh, your audited numbers, uh, your forecast, uh, your main partners, and so forth, mm. so that the loan officer would be um, having enough conviction that Jamal, you, you will be able a, to a pay back. A complaint from our customers is is not that, that that banking officer that you refer to sets the bar high, but that he doesn't make it clear enough where the bar exactly is. So if you want to ask 100 questions, no problem. Give mm. us the 100 questions, let us fill in the documents, mm. and then can, can we have a yes? It's this grey area, it's this uncertainty mm. that I suppose technology tries to address. Now, you're obviously very involved in the legislative side of this. Can you throw some light for those startups that are listening to this show now mm. who are, are saying, yep, yeah, we understand you need to be safe, you need to attract the right money, you need to invest in people that are likely to be able to repay, but also we want clarity. Sure. Um, I mean, one of the things that I advise everyone to do is to go to our website where you'll find a manual handbook for SMEs and financial management and how to deal with a bank and how to avail a facility. Yeah. There's one for SMEs and there's one for individuals. Both are on our website, uabf.a. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the problem... Uh, Neil continues to be somewhat case to case because SMEs and startups are case to case. Yeah. Whereas when you talk about a corporate established for the last you know, 30, 50, 100 years and what have you, they sell their product, everything is in place. So it just varies as yeah. to what is the product that that corporate sells. 
Uh, but when you talk about an SME, that today could be this big, but tomorrow could be huge, versus another who tomorrow could be still the same size, and a third who could tomorrow close down. So it is case to case. And that's why it's very difficult to standardize it. Look, no, no bank within the members of UBF doesn't want the business. Every bank is actually hiring people, hiring SME relationship managers to go and get the business. But they want to get the business that will be, they have an ultimate accountability to safeguard the depositors of the bank. So money to be given, they have to have a very high degree of confidence that it will be paid back as agreed. Therefore, they need to ask questions. The SMEs themselves or the startups have to have um, 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 a good understanding of uh, themselves, their financials, their forecast. They should have audited numbers if they have been existing and running. Um, we, we at UBF, we are working with all authorities mm. uh, for the, you know, the, the, the startup uh, office, for the FDI office, for the free zone uh, authority, for the uh, 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 Chamber of Commerce, Department mm. of Economic Development, Tourism, all of them are our partners on how we can attract more uh, startups and SMEs to the UAE. But it has to be, if you want to borrow, it has to be with a degree of confidence that this money will be paid back. Jamal Saleh is the DG, uh, the Director General of the UAE Banks Federation. He's live here in the studios. They are our guest this afternoon. Very kindly given his time. He's a busy, busy man, is Jamal. Uh, but he's joined Neil and myself for starting up with Virtue Zone. Why? To answer our questions, but also to answer yours. Loads coming through. Keep them coming. 4001. We're going to be talking about the Federation and its expansion as well, taking in digital banks and new initiatives in just a few moments' time. But please, please uh, keep your thoughts coming through through to us. Text us now 4001 with any questions or comments or you can WhatsApp on 04871 This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Business set up with no regrets. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Into our final segment where Neil and I have been joined by the Director General of the UAE Banks Federation. Into our final segment where Neil and I have been joined by the Director General of the UAE Banks Federation and Mr Jamal Salah who who's uh, here uh, to bring us the SME Banking 101. Big thanks to all of you for your questions. We'll try and incorporate all of those into a couple of final questions for Jamal. Uh, a lot of questions, Jamal, coming through about initiatives uh, from uh, the the Banks Federation, UA, uh, the UBF at the moment. Um, initiatives uh, to help the SMEs get access to loans at the moment, but yes. also initiatives from the UBF itself. And I understand that, I mean, you look at the, the banking space here at the moment, the evolution as well. We've got digital banks coming into the fold, etc. Mm. I suppose you're constantly looking at this infrastructure at present and which banks come into the federation. Of course, of course. All, all the, the digital banks that have been established are now members of UBF. And there are not only members of UBF, there are members of the committees that would drive uh, this whole new age uh, banking uh, digital committee, mm-hmm. acquiring committee, fintech committee, and so forth. So they are a key partner uh, in this. Um, so we have done a few things. I mean, probably I was telling Neil uh, off air that we have two committees that look after only this one committee is called Fintech Committee, mm-hmm. and it looks after everything to do with uh, uh, fintechs, startups, and so forth. 
and the other one is called SME committee, where, as I said earlier, mm. we have spoken to all authorities, and then we said, how can we make the UAE the, the focal attraction point for startups and SMEs? And we have created programs among some of the banks. I have to highlight that it's not all banks. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the banks uh, who are uh, willing to work with the SMEs and the startups, four of them have said, I'll do it digitally. And they have apps purely for that. But the, the startup itself has to remember that the bank will ask questions. I mean, who owns the startup? So it cannot be, I'm a free zone owned by an SPV or whatever. No, I need to know the UBO. I need to know the ultimate beneficial ownership of this SPV. Uh, uh, the days of, you know, privacy and uh, mm. what have you is uh, behind us. So transparency uh, is key. Transparency, very, very important. Mm. Transparency of your numbers. You must have financials. You must have audited financials. Your auditor has to be um, um, uh, good enough. I'm not going to say one of the big four, but it has to be good enough. And that's something Your forecast that has to be very, very important. You need to know who you'll deal with, most likely, who your key partners, your suppliers, etc., what your uh, volumes could be. But what I have seen is that, um, uh, in many times, uh, the, the, the applicant is not providing this information. And the bank will say, I need to know what your projected volumes will be. Mm. So up until you could tell me, are you going to make a million or a billion? Are you going to sell a thousand or a million? Uh, are you going to hire uh, three or 30,000? And, you know, so up until I have a forecast, uh, then we cannot proceed. It's, and, and how many times have we sat around this thing? How many times have you said to SMEs, et cetera, have you got your numbers in the row? Have you got, have you got your vision? Have you got your plans ahead of you, et cetera? There ain't no point going into this. I'm feeling project. like the missing link, Tom, because <laughs> you know our, our customers are like, please tell us what questions you want us to answer. Mm. But Jamal is telling me, and quite, you know, I, I understand that they're in this sometimes incredibly difficult position where obviously we want the right people, the right money the, mm. you know, to do everything correctly so that the country continues to grow but we need to make we need to make sure that people are being clear with their information and a lot of our customers and why I say the missing link is if we can help them show what it because we obviously know the things that make it less of a risk Islam was talking about risk earlier and, and using data to reduce the risk of, of, of lending which reduces the cost of lending that money so that's a, 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 a very good thing so if we can bridge the two there's a huge opportunity here. We don't want to be an SVB. You know, we don't want uh, situations that have happened actually in America, which does seem to control our, our dollar-pegged uh, uh, stuff to be happening. We want to lend to the right people and to continue to have growth and success stories. But where we can make it light touch for the consumer, that's always a good thing. And I, I see a, lo a lot of great initiatives mm. encouraging that to make it happen faster. Listen, we're almost out of time, uh, Jamal, but just in, in conclusion for our conversation here um, and linking the missing links, etc., what is your sort of your final piece of advice to, to, to business owners, specifically SMEs out there who are still tearing their hair out when it comes to banking? Um, a, few, a few things. One is every bank that does SME wants the business. Mm. That's, that's where the employees will get paid from. If, they, if the bank will open accounts and finance uh, those SMEs, that's how a bank makes PNL. That's how a bank makes profit or revenue. So every bank wants the business, but they want the correct business. 
Therefore, an SME or a startup needs to sit down, prepare itself, uh, have financials and projections, uh, uh, have uh, uh, business plans, uh, uh, be willing to open up and share the information uh, with the banks mm. because of the KYC requirements and you know sanctioning and what have you. And if that is done, and if the applicant is very transparent with the with the bank, I see that each application will go through. Mm. By definition, an application will go through unless something stops it. Mm. So usually, it's something that has, uh, you know, jumped in the way, where you're not providing this or that or what have you. So make sure that you're transparent. Um, talk to talk to your bank, and remember, not all banks will be uh, ready to have you know SME accounts, but we have at least ten or twelve large who are willing to. So be transparent, prepare your numbers, and everything will be good. It's been a very informative hour, has it not, Mr. Petch? Can I have an AI reference here, Tom? You can have an AI reference all you like, yeah. So we, we have a business plan generator, and that business plan generator is pre-approved by some of the banks that Jamal works with, such that it ticks the right boxes. And wow. that is how we connect people. Nice. Listen, I hope you've taken a lot from it. Listen, this conversation continues uh, online with VirtuZone straight after the show. Uh, Jamal, we can't thank you enough. I know you're a busy, busy man, sir. So thanks very much indeed for giving up your time and answering a few of our questions today. Jamal Seller, the DG of the UA Banks Federation, we thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Neil. And of course, Mr. Neil Betch and all the team at VirtuZone. Where do we start? Thanks, mate. SME Banking 101. It was a good one. It was a good one, indeed. And as said, the answers will remain being answered online. That's it from us this week. We're back next week from 1pm. Do join us on Thursday. Till then, bye-bye. Starting up with Virtue Zone on Dubai Eye 103.8.